I don't have any pictures of little adorable babies, okay? So this next part's going to really seem like a drag. But uh, I do have something really exciting I want to tell you about as we kind of finish up today, though. Um, You had one of these on your seat, so everybody kind of take that out and wave it. And um, let me tell you a little bit about what we're trying to do or what we're going to do in October. And I'm going to put this on your radar early. I grew up back in the day, I went to church like 12 times a week. Anybody else do that? We don't ever ask you to do that. We just say, hey, get to a house group or, you know, get to a Sunday morning when you can. We love that. But I'm going to ask you for the extra mile, uh, the, the, the two-timer on a Sunday on October 21st. We're going to do uh, a big night of worship. And here's the best part. We're going to do this at City Hall, okay? And so they have given us their uh, big gazebo area. They're going to give us electricity and restrooms and all that sort of thing. And here's why we're doing this. We're going to do this in order to promote unity among God's people in this community. And when I say this community, I'm talking about Goodlettsville, Hendersonville, White House, Nashville, wherever it might, you might come from. Um, but I believe that we've got to be the front runners in, in this movement of unity that needs to heal not just our nations, but our homes, our communities, our neighborhoods. I told uh, the Ministerial Alliance uh, Committee this last week as I was uh, in front of them, I said, guys, we can't continue to pray for unity and not do two things. Number one, we can't continue to pray for unity and then us as individuals not live up to God's standard on equality. And then secondly, we cannot continue to pray for unity and the body of Christ not come together and lead movements within our communities. And so we're going to do that on the 21st, and we are inviting anybody and everybody. This is not a wellhouse thing. That night, you're not going to come in and see our logo and our name on the sign. It's not about getting people to come to our church. It's about getting people to unify for the moment and pray for our city, pray for our schools, pray for our children, pray for that next generation, and uh, pray for everyone that makes this place happen. And um, so go ahead and mark that on your calendar. About 5.30, we'll have some food trucks out there at 6.30. We're going to start worshiping that night, and we're just going to spend our time in praise and prayer. There's not going to be any teaching or anything like that, and we want you to be a part of that. So you're going to hear about this a lot. We have lots of these cards. You can give them out if you want. Uh, There's a whole webpage for this, and you're going to see tons and tons and tons of promotion. Uh, And again, it has nothing to do with us promoting our church. It has to do with promoting uh, the movement of God in this place. And so we're really excited about hosting this. Uh, we are just, we're entering into some uncharted territory. Uh, the City Hall said we've never had anybody try anything like this, and, and so Wellhouse is all about trying new things, and so that's what we're going to do. Um, I want to say one more thing uh, about the moment, as she said, sacred moment that we witnessed. Guys, I'm so, so blessed to work with a phenomenal staff, and uh, you saw that on display today, and I'm so grateful for what Allie does with our children, with our families, and I, and I just, I want, I want you to know that uh, uh, as, as the lead pastor, I'm just so, so proud of her and what she does, and so if you have kids, yes, um, if, if you have kids, if you have, uh, especially children at home, uh, I want to know what, what, I want you to know what kind of blessing you have in her partnering with you and her staff, and and uh, so just, I hope you feel good about that. I hope you leave today going, man, my kids are in really, really good hands when they're down this hallway. Not only are they safe, 
They are loved and they are cared by by a phenomenal staff led by Allie. So thank you for that. Uh, I'm going to do an abbreviated version today, and I think it really ties hand in hand with some of the things that we've done with Baby Celebration. Uh, but I want to set you up more than anything. I want to set you up for groups. Some of you are uh, not a part of those yet. If you want to be a part of a house group, we're kind of in the midst of a season. Just go out to Next Steps. We'll get you hooked up with one today. Or there's groups that meet all week. But I'm going to pray over us, and then we'll uh, dive in for just a second. Father, today we pray that as we are learning to jump, that you allow us to recognize, as Ali said, that we are uniquely created, and we are woven together by you, for you, in order to serve you. And so, Father, I just pray that you allow us to begin to identify that which you have put deep in us, and that, that, that was meant to come out of us, that not only glorifies you, but God, it, it's for the good of people. And so, Father, I pray that we get to jump into the layers that exist within your kingdom and within your church. And we pray this through your son's name. Amen. I remember one of my first interviews I went on. I was 22 years old, and um, I was asked a question during the interview process. And let me tell you, I was interviewing for a student ministry position. I spent about 15 years in student ministry before I kind of stepped out and do what I do now. Uh, but we, uh, we were in this interview process, and I was asked a question that I was not prepared to answer. And to be honest, it frightened me and made me feel really, really uncomfortable. Uh, I was already nervous, you know, the kind of the palms are sweaty, you know, knees weak, arms, you know, heavy, you know, that moment. Uh, we were already in this moment. My heart was beating and, and I wasn't prepared. Like I said, I was 22 years old. I was not ready. I thought I was ready, but as it turned out, I was absolutely not ready. I was in Alabama. And uh, so Lori and I are in this moment and we are interviewing. And so I had already spent some time uh, at a devotional for, for some students, and we'd spent time interacting and throwing football out in the backyard and playing, and all of that went really well, which that's my wheelhouse. If I can teach and interact and, and somehow just kind of get to know you on a personal level, that's where I really excel. And so we're in, we've already kind of done that, and I'm feeling really good about this. I'm like, man, I've hit some home runs relationally. I've kind of said the right things. The parents kind of saw me interact. Uh, I interacted with parents in the kitchen. I mean, we did all the things right. Then it came time for the formal interview, right? And this is where you sit in a conference room, and it's really sterile. It's in the middle of the church, and it's like in a catacombs. You don't visit there unless you kind of are summoned to that area. And so I'm in this conference room, and it's very executive. And then the table begins to fill in with older men, some in suits. So I'm like, am I, I'm just interviewing to like hang out with your students. You know, I'm not anything else. And so we sat down, and then it was going pretty well until I had this exchange. I had an older gentleman ask me, Jason, tell us what you consider to be your biggest weakness and your biggest strength. And so I immediately hopped on and said, well, man, I'm not, I'm not really experienced, you know, but I'm looking forward to, you know, getting some experience under my belt. I'm a little bit of a procrastinator and, you know, but everything seems to always come together and, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, and I went down this list. I'm, 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 you know, I put too much. I don't know how to say no. And so I, I just, yes, yes, yes. And I went down this whole list of things that I consider to be weakness. And so I just kind of left it there. And he said, well, that's all good, but you haven't told us anything you're good at. And I had no answer. I had zero to say. See, I had no problem going on and on and on and on about my weaknesses, but I had no 
answer for what I felt were my greatest strength. And here's the point. If we're honest, most of us struggle to embrace what we feel we are good at. We struggle to embrace and claim what we're even okay with, right? Like, I'm okay at that. And then there's a few of us that don't struggle with this at all, and you probably struggle to be liked. Um, (laughs) You know who you are. But we struggle with this. Most people are slow to acknowledge that I'm talented, that I'm gifted in an area, that I have a a gift that is just here. And so here's what happens. As a result of us not claiming this, embracing this, recognizing this, we float through life in the boat, and we never jump into what we were created and made to do. And not only that, if we were to jump into it, what we would find is that it's life-giving not just for me, but it's life-giving for other people. So here's what I, my bottom line is really simple today. And I want us to say this together, that you are a gifted person. That you are a gifted person. Turn to a neighbor and say that you are a gifted person. I heard somebody say, yeah, I know. That's what I'm talking about. You are, you know that. But you are a gifted person. And, and you go, well, how do you know, Jason? You don't even know me. I mean, we've not spent any time together. You don't know what I'm good at. I don't need to know you, and I don't need to know what you're good at because I know God. I know God. This used to sit in my dad's office as a kid, and it's going to drive you uh, school teachers or, or English teachers crazy. But it says this. This hung in my dad's office. I know I'm somebody because God don't make no junk. And I love what Ali said, that it is not an accident that God does not create anything out of happenstance. He creates intentionally. And I know that the God is a, is a God of give. He's a God that gives. He doesn't leave anyone out. He never shorts anyone, and he never overlooks anyone. God created unique, and in doing so, he gifted you. He gifted you. And now before we dismiss it, or better yet, here's what we do. We deflect it by comparing. Well, I'm not, but I will tell you, she's gifted. Man, have you seen, and you kind of fill in these blanks, and it's a way of taking some kind of claim off our own life, and so we dismiss it. And I just want you to know that you are a gifted person. I cannot say that enough. And so the question is this. It's not, are you? It's, will you? It's not, are you gifted? It's, will you? Will you jump in? Will you jump out? Will you discover and use what it ha- has been given to you? Last week, we touched briefly on a little story, and I'm going to tell you this quick, and I'm going to wrap up. We talked about this story that Jesus tells his disciples. And, he, and, and depending on what kind of version you use of the Bible, sometimes it says talents. Sometimes it talks about bags of gold. Sometimes it talks about money. But he tells this story that's all about our gifts, It's our talents, things that we've been given with the express purpose of using them. 
That was the point of the story. And so this is near the end of Jesus' ministry, and he's looking at these, these disciples that he has kind of helped and trained and tried to impart wisdom and knowledge and, and confidence and empowerment on them. And he knows that there's a lot hanging on these men and these women, these people that have gathered around him. There's a lot hanging on these kinds of things because they are going to be a vital part of not just participating but also leading the movement known as the church. And this is one of the parables which is just a big church word for story, that he says, I need to tell you a story about something that's going to sound like money, but it's not really about money. He said, so listen in, because you're going to need to know these things. These, this is an equipping moment. I'm not here for very long, and so I need you to listen in. I need you to tune in and look at what he says, starting in verse 14. It'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants, and he trusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold. Your, your, your Bible might say talent. To another, two, and to another, one, according to their ability. And he, he went out on a journey. The man who had received the five bags went at once, and he put his money to work, and he gained five more bags. So also, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of the servants returned and to settle the accounts. And the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, you've entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. And his master replied, well done. Good and faithful servant, you have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag came and said, Master, I knew that you were a hard man. You harvest where you have not sown, and you gather where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out, and I hid your gold in the ground. So here is what belongs to you. And this is what we quoted last week. The master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. First things first, I want to take this off the table. The amounts given were not the point of the story. And I think sometimes we're quick to make the amount the point. Whether you are a five-talent, a two-talent, or a one-talent person is not what matters in the long run. What matters is you identifying it, developing it, investing it, and enjoying the gifts. That's what matters most. The gifts, the talents, the capacity to do, the resources we've been given, big or small, were given with action in mind, with jumping in mind, with diving in and making waves in mind. They were given for a purpose and a reason. Peter says it like this when he's talking to a church. See, Peter was in attendance when this story was told. When Jesus tells this story, I think Peter perked up and went, hey, I kind of get it. And so later on, when Peter's writing and, and, and now kind of you know, leading his own movement, here's what he says in 1 Peter chapter 4. He says, each of you should use whatever gift, underline that, whatever gift 
you have received to serve others. So you can insert your own blank. It's not about the amount. You may look and go, man, I wish I was a five, but I'm only a one. It doesn't matter. Whatever you have been entrusted with, use that to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Did you catch that? That the way you use whatever you've been given is a display. It's, it's, it's dispersing of God's grace itself. So it's not just delivering a, 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 a food bag. It's not just building a playground in a couple of weeks. It's not just. No, it's dispensing God's grace in its various forms. And he goes on to say, if anyone speaks, he's just given us a couple of examples. But he says, you put in, you insert into this, whatever it is that you, you have been gifted with, whatever you feel passionate about. He says, if anyone speaks, do it as the one who speaks to the very words of God. If anyone serves, let him do it with the strength that God provides. And then look at this, so that in all things, he's not just talking about speaking and serving. He says, whatever it is that you want to insert in your giftedness, that God may be praised through Jesus, and to him be the glory and the power forever. Here's what Peter says. The purpose of whatever you've been given, you name it, is to be used for something good, something bigger than yourself, serving others, and displaying God's grace in its various forms, which ultimately glorifies God. And it doesn't matter what layer of the onion you find yourself in. That it's all a part of this. It's various parts. Paul talks about this briefly in 1 Corinthians. He says he uses this, this concept of the body. He says there's all kinds of parts. There's eyes and there's ears. There's hands. There's feet. There's all sorts of parts to the body. And they're not the same, but they're all important. And then in verse 27, he says, each one is a part of it. And it doesn't matter if your ears, your eyes, your hands. He says all of these things are part of it. And so there you have it. You are a gifted person. And I don't know what your specific gift is, but I know God. And God tells us and he reminds us through stories that Jesus tells, through Paul's leadership, through Peter's leadership, that you been gifted because God is a giver of good gifts. You have a part and your part makes the whole move forward to its full potential. So jump out there. Identify it. Embrace it. Own it. Claim it. Cultivate it. Invest it. And then enjoy it. So I'll leave you with this. You go, well, where do I start? Well, I'm going to give you three quick starting points. And you can evaluate these, but I want you to know this about Wellhouse. That Wellhouse is committed to helping you identify them. We are, helping, we, we are committed to helping you develop, maintain, encourage, and create opportunities to use them. So here they are. Number one, you may be gifted in your mind. You may have the gift of encouragement. And don't ever for a moment think that's not important. That, that, that writing that note that says, man, I'm so happy for you, I'm proud of you, I'm praying for you, I can't wait. That that moment that you, you have something from your mind that flows out of your hand in the way of a pen or a keyboard is not important. The moment that you put your arm around someone else and, says, I ju and say, I just want to encourage you, I'm, I'm praying for you. I know you've got a really rough test, this, I know this, I know that. That that is a, 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 a spiritual gift of the mind. 
For some of you, you have this gift of the mind that can mentor people that you don't, you don't get shaken and there's a steadiness to you. And there's some families and there's some parents and there are some people in crisis that need your steady mind. They need your wisdom. They need you to step alongside of them and discern some really tough moments for them. For some of you, it's teaching. And i got to be honest, we need, Allie needs people that will step back there and with their mind teach our kids and our young people. For you, it, it may be nurturing, or for you, you may have a strategic thinking mind, like you know strategy, and you know we sat down this last week with, with these cards, and we invited someone to the table who has a, a strategic mind that can go, here's the best way we can get our news out over the next four weeks, and that is a gift. Some of you have been gifted with minds that can dream and have vision for things that aren't there but can be. So don't ever think that just because something's here, that it's not a gift. The second is this, it's you have been gifted with your body, hands and feet. Guys, our community is full of opportunities to be hands and feet. I got an email just this last week from the Goodlessville Help Center, and they have a list of things that doesn't require any sort of level of skill necessarily. They just need hands. Come and be and help. Use your body. I think of Home Street Home who's having a concert in this very place next week to benefit the hands and feet that are going to take care of our homeless in the community. And, and, and while our giving to that is great, what Stephen needs, what, what organizations like, like them and Open House and other, uh, what they need is this. They need hands. They need bodies that can help distribute water, can help distribute blankets, that can help distribute grace and hope by us using our feet. I think of Colton Young. You may not know Colton. Colton's an EMT. Colton is in North Carolina today being the hands and feet of God. And he's scared to death. He doesn't know what's coming. He's a first responder. He's on the front line, but he says, listen, I have been gifted with a body that is willing to go. Guys, we've seen ramps be built. We've seen homes be built. We're going to see a playground being, being built and on and on and on it can go with God gifting us with the health and the strength of our bodies. Let me give you a practical way. Guys, we need setup team. We have a fabulous setup team, but our setup team needs bodies. And so put those gifts in motion. Put those gifts working for something that seems so minimal but it's not. It creates environments and gatherings so that Jesus can be made known. And then the last is this, is that we have been gifted with our stuff. And guys, we talk about this a lot, but we want to become people that, that we don't just see our stuff as our stuff. We see it as an opportunity to give it away and be wildly generous. And guys, to this point, we have done all sorts of things. Guys, there are kids that were sleeping on the floor of their home that are now sleeping in beds because you gave your stuff. You said, listen, I'm gifted with an extra bed. I'm gifted with a little extra cash that I can buy that kid. There are people that eat on the weekends. There are kids who eat on the weekends because you're generous and you see your stuff as not your stuff. You see it as a gift. Homeless have water. Partners have survived times of crisis. Schools have been blessed and on and on and on because... We're a church that views our stuff not as our stuff. We view our stuff 
as a gift that is given to be given. And so as we land this this morning, here's the deal. I want you to know if you're new to Wellhouse, that our DNA is built around Jesus. And one of the principles that I see Jesus teach and act upon himself over and over in his ministry and his movement is this, that we are to be a people that jump into being contributors and not consumers. And in these moments when we don't recognize or that we don't use our gifts, we become consumers. What else can I compile? What else can I add to? What can I get out of? But when we turn that corner and we begin to live gifted in order to give, we become contributors. And for some of you, that's going to be you you can contribute with your mind. For others, contribute with your body. And for others, you can contribute with your stuff or all the above. But I know this, that you are a gifted person. Stand with me. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to jump in this week. Jump into conversations at your house group with your family about, hey, how can we begin to view, cultivate, develop, give away our gifts? I want you to jump in. I want you to get involved. I want you to get active and get to using your gifts, whatever, as Peter says, whatever it may be, to the glory of God and to the good of people. Guys, I love you, and I cannot wait to see how God will use the giftedness of this group of people this week. You guys have a fabulous weekend. We'll see you next week.